Welcome to Sales is Not a Dirty Word, the show that proves if it's a fit, it's a fact. I'm your host, revolutionary sales coach Alicia Barr, the creator of the Matchmaker Sales Method. If you're a solopreneur who's ready to grow your profits and impact without pressure, pitching, or pretending to be someone else, then this is for you. This episode is part of my short episode series that is just me sharing with you the same advice I give my clients on how to increase your sales. So I had a friend recently ask me about something that I see so often with marketing agencies or any kind of agency that's doing a proposal. So this is a world I know very, very well. I sold for a big corporation, a national corporation for 10 years uh, doing proposals. And I help a lot of people with their proposals as a sales strategist as well. And there are some classic things that people do, and I'm gonna explain what those are and what the result of them is and what you can do instead that you'll have a lot more success with. So the first thing that I see a lot of people do is they do not ask for budget before putting together the proposal. Or maybe they ask for budget and the prospect says, oh, you know, we don't really we don't really have a budget, you know, just put something together, right? Um, and you don't know what to, to, to do from there. So you put something together and you take all this time on it and they say, oh, it's out of our budget. It's too expensive. I mean, how annoying is that, you know? And it's really hard to continue to have um, a productive conversation after that, because they've kind of just decided that you're too expensive is what it feels like. And you're sitting there saying, well, if I had just known, right? So instead at the end of the conversation, when you talk about all of the things that they want to do and their goals, and you discuss, um, you know, different elements that you could include and, and, you know, talk it through with them and get their buy-in that that is what they're interested in. That is their goal. That sounds like it lines up with what they're wanting. Then you're going to ask, you know, and what is your budget for this? And they're going to say whatever they usually say, deflecting the question because they are doing it. They, because they think that if they tell you a budget, they could have gotten it for less and you just made it their budget instead. So what you're going to say is usually for, XYZ, the investment is about $4,000 to $6,000 or whatever. So usually for managing your Instagram, your Facebook, and running um, Facebook paid ads, it's about three dollars to $4,000 a month. Is that realistic for you? And they're going to say, oh God, no, that's a lot more than we were thinking. Or they're going to say, yeah, that sounds good. And if they say, oh God, it's a lot more than we were thinking. Then you're going to say, okay, well, we can remove certain elements and just focus on this piece because this seems like the most important thing for you um, is getting in leads and sales. Is that accurate? Okay. Then we'll take out the Instagram and Facebook organic and we can just focus on paid ads for now. Or you could do it the other way. We'll just focus on organic until we find a strategy that's really working and then put money behind it. And we'll know that it's working because you'll be booking sales calls or whatever. You really want to discuss what those milestones could be that you guys can use to track success. And you'll say, that would be about $1,500 a month. Is that more realistic for you? So you're able to have this transparent conversation at the end of your discovery call about what they want, what is the most important, what should be taken out, and what amount 
is okay with them. And if having more of a phased approach with the milestones that you can track together to know you're seeing success and that this means that we then add on the next part of the service, all of those things are going to make it so much easier when you put the proposal together because you'll know exactly what they want. They basically shaped the proposal with you. So there's no chance of them saying it's too expensive. So that's mistake number one and what to do. Mistake number two is sending the proposal in an email. Do not, do not send a proposal in the email. And the reason people do this is because they feel weird. They feel weird about having a meeting to go through the proposal. They feel weird about sales. Um, They think it's easier. But I want you to realize that by not having a meeting to go through the proposal, it's not easier and it's not taking you less time. It's actually wasting all of the time that you spent in a discovery call, however long that was, and the time you spent putting the proposal together. It is a crucial mistake. Cannot overemphasize it. You guys got it right. Okay, so the reason this does not work well, well, what usually happens when you send an email proposal is you don't hear back. Maybe they looked at the proposal because you have some proposal viewing software or something and they're not saying anything, right? Because you just sent it and you said, you know, let me know if you have any questions. Nobody asks questions in emails that are not yes or no answers. It's just not a good format for open, transparent, honest conversations. So usually you'll see a delay in the person moving forward. You'll see complete ghosting. You'll have to chase them and ask them, you know, repeatedly if they had any questions about the proposal and do they want to jump back on the phone and whatever else. And the reason this is happening, this lack of response or this delay is that You're expecting them to remember your sales conversation as well as you remember it. They're not going to remember it. They're thinking about the sales conversations they're having with their clients or their bosses or whatever. They're not going to remember what y'all talked about as well as you're going to remember it. Also, you're assuming that they're going to know why you're suggesting the things you're suggesting. They don't know. You might even be using some industry terminology in there um, that they really don't know. So for example, in marketing proposals, a lot of times I'll see something like engagement. Nobody knows what that means. That means you're going to go and interact on people's profiles that are their ideal clients. You need that context and that context is best delivered in a live conversation. And the reason that's especially effective is because you're building relationships with people and those relationships turn into buyers faster. You see how you were able to connect the dots in a live conversation in a way that you can't do in written form. So they're going to look at all this stuff that's included because proposals are mostly just deliverables stuff. And they're going to say, oh, look at the price. It looks expensive for this stuff. They're not going to understand why you're suggesting certain things. And most importantly, what that means for them, what this thing, this line item in the proposal means for their business as a result that they'll get from it for their business, right? So instead, in the discovery call, you're going to say, great, I have a good idea of what kind of plan to put together for you. Uh, Are you available on Thursday at 2 p.m. to go through it? And you're going to set it up right there. And if there's anyone else that needs to be part of the conversation, you're going to want those people to be part of the conversation. And you are not sending that proposal an email until there's a conversation on book with all decision makers on the conversation. And um, if they really insist, like, can you just send it an email? Can you just send it an email? You know, first you want to say, well, there's a lot to explain as I walk through the plan. So I really prefer to go through it 
in person so that I can answer any questions and make sure that it's clear why I propose the things that I propose and what those mean for your business. So it, it makes a big difference to have a call going through it. And um, if they really insist, then at the very, very least, send a Loom video. If you don't know Loom, loom.com, it's freaking awesome. It is screen recording software and you can film yourself walking through the proposal, reminding them of what they told you in the sales conversation. And that's why you suggested XYZ deliverable because it's going to give them XYZ result. So yeah, you mentioned that you had tried Instagram before, but hadn't seen success. And when we discussed it a little further, it was because they were basically just promotional poses, posts. So here I have um, engagement posts, which are going to be more like contests and polls and gifts and prizes. And that's going to really grow your email list so that you can follow up with those people who've already said that they're interested in whatever your prize is or whatever your product is through a poll. And you'll be able to turn those people into buyers. So do you hear how you were able to explain all of that and would not be able to do that in a email? But you can do it in a Loom video at least, right? And the cool thing about Loom is that you can see when somebody watched it. So it really helps with follow-up. Okay, the last reason, the last mistake that I see is not asking for timeline, you guys. So you'll go through the proposal, have a great proposal meeting, and then they'll say, great, we're going to talk about it and we'll get back to you. And usually someone says, sounds good, I'll send you an email um, or something like that. And so you have no idea when they're going to respond, what they're going to respond, who they have to talk, what's going on, like... You need to ask, what's your timeline for making a decision? Because if you do not ask that, you're going to feel desperate and like you're chasing them because you don't have any reference or idea of timing from them. And that could be a long time. It could be a short time. You don't know if they're ghosting. You don't know if they have something going on. Remember, when you follow up with someone, you are the least important priority for them. They have a ton of other shit going on and other things that they're worrying about that are not getting back to somebody who's trying to sell them something. So you following up saying, hey, let me know if you have any questions is is not going to get a response. So I can have a whole separate episode about follow up strategy because most people do it wrong. But anyway, when you ask at the end of the proposal meeting, um, yeah, so what's your timeline for making a decision? They're going to say like a week, I need to talk to my such and such person. Um, you know, we have a big event coming up. So I really want to wait till after that event. All of that information is really going to help you when you follow up because you'll be able to say, hey, hope you had a really successful event. I know that you um, were meeting with your CEO to talk about some things. And these were the things that were really important to him. You know, what were his thoughts on it? I know that you have um, this this thing coming up and we wanted to promote around it. Um, you know, are you like you're able to follow up in a much more effective way and you have a better idea what the hell is going on? And also, if somebody says that they got to talk to someone or do some event or some something, you're able to talk about, well, how does the person feel about this? Do they know that you're talking to me about it? Are you looking at other options? Um, you're able to have some transparent conversation at the end of the proposal call that is really helpful for shaping the conversation and the thoughts that that person has when they go away. Because the first thing that someone thinks when you put an investment in front of them, no matter who, is, oh God, I have to spend money? What if I'm wrong? What if this doesn't work? What if I'm an exception? That's going to suck. I'm going to have wasted this money and I'm going to be wrong again, 
right? So you, when they walk away, they're thinking about all the reasons they should not do it. They're thinking about price more than anything a lot of the times. So, I mean, of course, there are exceptions. So if, when you're able to have that transparent conversation at the end about timeline and budget and other things, you're able to shape the thoughts in their mind as they walk away. If they're looking at other options, you can say, make sure that you, you retain ownership of your accounts. You know, make sure that they're doing engagement as they build relationships. Make sure that, I mean, if you're an HR recruitment professional, like make sure that they're, um, you know, offering a guarantee for 30 days if it doesn't work out or 90 days or whatever. Whatever the common things are when someone else is looking at other options, you want to empower them with information that's going to help them make a better decision that's in their best interests. So that conversation that happens at the end of the proposal call is really, really important to avoid them making a decision just based on price, not having an effective conversation with whoever the other decision maker is that they're talking to. Um, and also just not like allowing them to think about things and make a decision in the way that will result in you being the answer if you really are the best choice for them. So anyway, those are the top three mistakes that I see. Not asking for budget before putting the proposal together, sending the proposal an email, and not asking a timeline for making a decision. So um, I hope that this has been helpful for you. That's another episode of Sales is Not a Dirty Word. And this has been the Sales is Not a Dirty Word podcast, where we show you how to convert up to 80% of your sales meetings without pressure, pitching, or pretending to be someone else. And if you feel like there's something going wrong in your sales process and you don't know what it is, then please book a sales quick quick fix call. I will look at your sales process and identify immediately at least three things that could be adjusted to increase your sales. And we also get to figure out if we're even a good fit for each other, if we like each other's styles. Uh, either way, you walk away with value. So I hope you have a beautiful day and you make lots of sales and I'll talk to you next time.